Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake Family of Podcast. Hey, it's that familiar voice, Cajun, and welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you through our queue and ride the hype train into the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First up, we have Mr. Damian Nash. How's it going, sir? It's going good, and apparently now we are naming our voices. <laughs> and Mr. b what's the name of your voice? Uh, <laughs> on the spot <laughs> and then we have mr nick how's it going sir good how are you guys doing tonight? doing all right it's good to be back after a little hiatus i've collected shows and content to discuss and i want to give my thoughts and opinions and damien show me his beer i'll show him my beer you show me yours i'll show you mine um, let's get into our first segment in our queue. All right. So first show that I'm caught up on, one person here said they've seen some of it as well, is the nominated and uh, won a couple of awards, Atlanta. Uh, this is um, FX show, but you can see it on Hulu. And this is more like a series of social commentary episodes than a whole season. It's still good. It's just very non-standard. It's the same cast and the and the backdrop storylines are the same and it's just used to make the commentary on the episodes where some are just completely disparate episodes what i really like is the cast is great especially the three main guys they're all funny in their own way and they're all deep characters and oh man it's it's great to have a comedy without laugh tracks that you laugh at but also has a lot of good story in it too that's doing some original stuff so this one I'll go, I'm going to give this one 8 out of 10. I really liked season one of Atlanta. Who, uh, who has seen some stuff of it, and what did y'all think? seen the first two or three episodes on it. Um, it's been a while since I checked it out. Who is the main actor again on that? Uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, that's right. I, I really like him. Mm-hmm. I like everything I see him in. Um, there was even a push for him to be the next Spider-Man. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes. He is he is genuinely funny, and he should have more more roles and more things. Yeah, and that's kind of why he got cast in this last Spider-Man Homecoming, was because there was such a push for him to be the next Spider-Man, to be the Miles Morales Spider-Man, but he's now so much older. He's the... Now he's Miles Morales' uncle in this in this yep. new series. So I liked it. That was a really good... Uh, Really good mea culpa to not cast him as Spider-Man to give him something there. Yeah, I just watched Spider-Man Homecoming when I saw him in there. I was like, yes! Mm-hmm. I was like, they, they just shoehorned him in there a little bit, but it, it worked It worked very yeah. well. He's going to be in the Han Solo movie. He's going to be a young Lando Calrissian. Uh, yes, I forgot about yeah, that. Yes, so, fantastic. Yeah, it's all great stuff. And really, when I watched Atlanta, I thought that it was going to be him carrying the show. But all three, in, like he's the main but all three of the main guys uh, carry their weight in terms of dialogue delivery, humor, uh, presence. Like It's really good to see some of those guys just completely steal scenes from Donald Glover uh, with some of the stuff they do. Now, isn't Donald Glover the creator or is he the head writer? Yeah, or... yeah this is like his like, – okay. when you see him, he's listed in many sections of the yeah, show. This is, yeah, his, this is his baby. This is his baby, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, I, I can recommend checking that one out. Good humor one. You, you can watch it with your uh, significant other and just enjoy. Not for kids though. Hmm. Uh, uh, not for kids. How many seasons are there? Just one. Yeah. Only one season has been out so far. And, uh, if you, have, if you have FX, you can get it that way. Or if you have Hulu, you can get it that way. Now, did they talk about a second season? I haven't even looked at it I would be thoroughly, thoroughly surprised if it didn't get a second season. The only reason it wouldn't, I think, would be Donald Glover's schedule. But considering this is his baby, he would probably make time for it. Um, I haven't looked into it either, but I would be thoroughly surprised it didn't. With all the awards it won, the critical acclaim, uh, and its popularity, I heard about it a lot more uh, before I even got a chance to see it when it was coming out. I I think this thing has a lot of legs. My son, uh, 18 years old, like you said, it's not for kids, but... He was watching it and he was raving about mm-hmm. it constantly. So. Yeah, yeah, not for little kids, but like it, it doesn't it doesn't have like yeah. just like complete bad stuff that yeah an eighteen year old couldn't see because they're adults now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if you tell him that, then it's gonna go to his head. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, season two <laughs> premiere will be in 2018. Nice. It, it has already been official. So. Green lit, right. power of the internet and Google. Thank you, sir. Um, next one uh, is going to be a little Cajun heavy in our queue. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've been gone. But uh, went took my daughter to go see the Lego Ninjago movie, which is the third cinematic release in the Lego series. And it's definitely the lesser of the three, I think. Fouts? It should not have gone to theaters. It should have gone straight to DVD. Really? Like, I, I've been hyped about this and haven't had a chance to get in to see it. Is it that bad? bad. Uh, really? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but if this came straight to DVD, I'd be like, okay, this fits. Um, the trailer made it look a lot better than what it was. Oh, For sure. Ouch. I completely agree with yeah. that. Completely. Yeah. It, it was good. I mean, I, I didn't regret going see it. Me, my wife, daughter, we enjoyed ourselves. But the others were better, and this lacked in a couple things. The Most of the jokes didn't hit at all. They would oh. they would just say the jokes, and you just, like, weren't laughing. You're like, ooh, that one, that one didn't hit. And I'm in the theater. That's when comedy is supposed to be hitting, in a theater with people laughing. Right. And there's kids in the theater, and there's very few times the jokes hit. That's rough. Um, the action was very tough to follow on the screen. It was very Michael Bay-ish. Nick? So this is the third. So we had Lego movie. And the Lego Batman. Batman Lego movie. Yep. Correct. And then Ninja. So my 10-year-old plays with a ton of Legos. Mm-hmm. Ninjago is the last thing that I usually buy for him. He's more into the Star Wars, the, you know, the bigger name brand stuff that Lego provides. Mm-hmm. So this Ninjago movie, I didn't, I, I understand what you're saying. That it shouldn't have been in the theaters. Yeah. Basically, they're trying to capitalize on the TV series that actually did pretty good. Like, I, I will admit, I've sat and watched this TV series with my kids, and that's why when I saw that they're putting this into a film, I was excited about it. But, I mean, if you're saying this, it's like, I'm going to hold off. I'm, I'm not going to go pay the money to go see it in yeah, theater. No. I'll wait to get it on rental. The TV series is better than the movie. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. damn. Yeah, okay. I, I've off. actually watched a couple of them with my kids um, on, through Netflix and whatnot. And I honestly felt that I was excited to go see it because I'd started watching a few of the episodes on Netflix with them and like, wow, this actually good, looks good. And then it actually came to my theater, which is an act of Congress. Um, and then we went and seen it. I'm like, what? What? No, this is wrong. <laughs> OK, so then I got to ask you guys, uh, this is taking a little bit of, to the side side tracking, but if they were to do if they were to partner and do a Lego Star Wars movie so i mean because we've seen the lego lego star we played the lego star wars games they're great we've seen the little mini episodes they've done for tv do you think a lego star wars film in the scope of like the original lego movie and stuff like that do we think that that's something that would have legs and that would do better definitely or i mean definitely or do you think that it would be something that would fall flat it would have to be in the vein of like Spaceballs. It would have to be taking Which is New what Hope. The series, and, what, the, what the series is. Yeah, it would have to be taking New Hope or something along those lines or taking the first trilogy and just making fun of it. Uh, like hardcore. And yeah, it, it, it could be successful if it did that front. Um, I think they have enough spinoffs that they can do from the original Lego movie that mm-hmm. they can spin characters from there. Um but I think what they wanted here was different franchises. And mm-hmm. yeah, like Faust was saying, they took it right from the TV show and tried to make something with the movie. They just made a miss. And this is uh, the directors of the first Lego movie, Laura Mitter, were executive producers, but that was kind of the only place I saw their names in it. It just seems like a lot of the names I was seeing were just disparate people. They say, do this formula. And it's, it definitely seemed like they tried to do the Lego formula by being campy self-reference rental making jokes it's just none of those hit and the plot overall was weak too it was this very yeah, weak very yeah, it was weak. this parent um situation that was just like stuff was popping out everywhere and not a lot of it just made sense to follow along plus i wasn't enjoying the laughing and the action stuff like i said i couldn't follow it was very it was it was transformers it was transformers with legos on the screen pretty much it was just stuff blowing up everywhere so did so they went heavy on the mechs i'm guessing yeah uh, see the series, the series skipped that, like the series, that was very, that was like the last little bit of the series when they rebooted the series, mm-hmm. uh, because it wasn't, you know, Zane was basically, 
they did a couple things where they did some Matrix stuff where they like went inside Zane, but that was about it in the series. Uh, th- this, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, fighting with mechs and stuff, that's not Ninjago. Yeah. Ninjago's always been about, yeah, they have their suits and their mechs that come together to f- use some stuff, but that was, wasn't the major focus. Right. And that was a toy sale. I mean, that was, we need every single mech. Yep. And we're just going to sell a bunch of them. Yeah, so Damon, you're talking about the making a Star Wars movie out of it. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain here. What I buy my ten year old, and most of it is the Star Wars Legos yep. or the DC Universe Legos. Yep. So they have the Batman movie, Superman movie, or maybe mm-hmm. you know, uh, Wonder Woman, Je- Justice League, Flash, something like Justice that. Justice League. I can't see. I can't see those. Yeah, I cannot yeah, I, see those happening. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Ju- even Justice League, you know, like um, a play on that. I don't see that either. They should just stick with Lego Movie and just make Lego Movie Two off that premise. That yeah. was that was excellent. It was. I have I have a couple of the minifigs sitting over there over in my on my geek shelf. Yeah. And they did. And I would like to get Lord Miller on those, but I think they might be doing the Flash movie next, so that could be a distraction for them because they were on it, off it, on it, off it. Um, all right. Next up in my queue, it's not even our queue right now, sorry. <laughs> It'll be our queue in front of the next one. But uh, uh, just finished watching Jerry before Seinfeld. It's a stand-up comedy slash little documentary on Netflix. It's Jerry Seinfeld talking about um, how he became a comedian. Um, and you get to see how it began this through the settings. He does the entire uh, stand-up special at the club he started in, the comic strip, which is pretty rare. Normally, big stand-up specials are done in big arenas, but, I mean, he has such bona fides, he doesn't need that for his ego. He just did it in the club he was in. He goes, like, to the house he was raised. Uh, he goes to where he was sitting when he decided to be a comedian, the exact spot. Uh, he has a full display of all his notes from his entire stand-up history. Like, overall, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Probably 7.5 out of 10. Uh, anybody had a chance to check this one out yet? I know it just came out, though. Man. Yeah, I have not checked it out yet. I, it's on my queue on Netflix, though. I'm a big uh, Jerry Seinfeld fan. But, um, I did listen to an interview with him um, last week on Howard Stern. And uh, uh, just off off a little bit here, but he's an odd fellow yeah. uh, nowadays. He's just a little odd. And you're right, he doesn't have an ego. The things he's interested in now are just basic human um, activities or interactions with other humans. Um like he said, uh, I think last year he's kind of on the spectrum a little bit. So it, that really comes across now in that interview. It's like a two-hour-long interview with Howard. Wow. Yeah, because he notices all of this little stuff, and that and that really plays into his bits. Like He notices all these little things nobody notices, and he makes jokes about them. And it's observational comedy at its best. Yeah, correct. He'd rather know what you did from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on your day off. And he's interested in that because he just doesn't understand how other people work, basically, you know, or, or what their days are involved. Yeah, exactly. And a, a good thing, yeah, he actually said uh, in this bit uh, or this special, he told on stage the first two jokes that ever landed for him. Like whenever he was a stand-up comedian, like these are the first two jokes I ever told that got laughs and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. All right. Damien, what you got for me, man? Ghosted. I've seen the previews for this and stuff, and I kept telling myself I'm not going to watch it. I don't think it's – I mean, I like the actors. I don't think it's going to be that good. <laughs> I had a half hour to kill. This is a half an hour TV show. I, I was like, there's two episodes up, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to pop this on and check it out. Um, one of the things about it is is that it stars, uh, it stars Craig Robinson and Adam Scott. Huh. And it – if you were to take the X Files, Evolution, the the film, and Ghostbusters, which is actually what Evolution kind of was, was the Ghostbusters and that, and mixed it all in a blender, you get this TV show, Ghosted, and it the one of the things that'll get you on this is so it, right now it's rating like the popularity on episode two, which I have not had a chance to watch yet. Uh, is ha- has it going up a lot more. So episode two hit a lot farther along than the first one did. It's rating right now about a 6.5 out of 10. But I tell you what, I actually laughed out loud. And and I it, it, for, for me to watch something and to to actually laugh out loud 
Like a lot of times, like I'll be, I'll see a comedy that I really like, and my wife will be looking at me in the theater and be like, "Do you ever laugh?" I'm like, yeah, I laugh. I laugh. I think it's funny, but I actually it laughed out loud. But the thing is that some of the jokes and stuff. What I worry about this this show is because I'm gonna get this is a show that I'm gonna get attached to. Where I worry about it not sticking around is because a lot of the humor, a lot of everything that I enjoy about it happens to go along with nostalgia. The soundtrack is an amazing soundtrack. It uses a lot of like 80s and 90s hits that you'll hear in other movies that it pulls from, like kind of humor from. And then the the, the regular soundtrack, which is New Beats, but it sounds kind of like you're listening to uh, like Beverly Hills Cop. The theme song, okay. uh, Axel Foley, and it what it actually is it's a it's a uh, science fiction sci fi slash uh, sci fi slash uh, paranormal buddy cop TV show, and the first the first episode had it you know it it had uh, the characters are believable and the special effects. The, the special effects are comedy. It really does feel low, like an Ivan Reitman film uh, on, on, made for TV. And it's not a bad thing. It's just I worry that that because if they're going to try to bring in younger younger viewers, that's where I, I'm, I'm curious about how they're going to pull them in. Older viewers, I think they're going to, if the people give it a chance, they're going to get sucked right in. Okay. And, uh, and and I'll definitely be checking out the next uh, next. I'll have two episodes more to watch that I'll talk. I'll talk about on the next next up uh, next week, and yeah. uh, that we record. But it's uh, yeah, uh, I would definitely give it. I say six point five for the first episode it is a good score. Um, but I, I if the, everything keeps going with it, I think that it definitely can go up. All right, Nick. That was great, Robinson, as a main, you know, main focal point of a show. Because usually he's good. a sidekick. And, is well, he? yeah, he's good. Like, and and the thing is, is that they, they, uh, Scott, like with it, they they made like they first you make it out to think that it's him, and they very they actually very quickly kind of flip it, and make him the focal point, and it was really well done in how they did that. And that's kind of one of the things that actually has me interested in it because I would like to see him take on more roles as the to, to see if he can actually carry. Yeah, he's fantastic, and I love Adam Scott. So anything Adam Scott's in, I'm watching. Yeah, so you definitely yeah uh, get a chance to check this out. It's easy to. It's one of those things where you can watch something else and you can just toss it on. It's it's like after if you can cut through some of the commercials, it's like 27 minutes long. So it's like you could you could watch it, you can have a laugh. And then you don't have to watch the next one right away. So it's easy just to fit in in between shows. Good. Good, good, good. All right. Now, moving on to something that is a tough one to watch. Has anybody got a chance to watch The Keepers yet on Netflix? All right. Now, let me explain this documentary show. Um, this is, it was, it was raved to me by a friend. You need to watch this show. So me and my wife sat down. We've, we've only finished the first two episodes. And it's a true crime documentary about the murder of a nun in Baltimore. It's a really well-made documentary. It interviews everyone involved and it opens up a lot of new information about the crime already just during the first two episodes. However... The crime and the information surrounding the crime is deeply disturbing, and which is why we only made it through two episodes, because we both need to be okay with being bummed out and disturbed to watch this. And it's I'm, I'm giving this an 8.5 out of 10. This is a really good documentary. But there's two different times. One time I asked my wife, like, you want to get back on The Keeper? She goes, nah, I'm not in the mood. And then the other time... Like two days later, she asked me, you want to get back in the keepers? I'm like, oh, I'm not in the mood. It's like, you got to both be in the mood to be bummed and disturbed to watch this because this is like, God, these people are so bad who did these crimes that it's, ugh. But man, opening up new information in true crime documentaries, this felt very much like making a murderer. That kind of surprises. Like, oh, wow, this is new information coming out on these old crimes that... Nobody knows about, and I'm really interested in how this plays out in the future with 
new court stuff happening because this isn't just a telling us stuff that happened in the past, which it is. This is altering the present because people are learning information that they didn't have before and decisions that were made in the past. So um, this thing's good. And I've kind of revitalized the remembrance I had for true crime documentary love. And so I'm definitely need to get back into it. And um, it just needs to be right in that right mood to get back on the keeper. So of all the shows I've talked about, this one, I rate this one the highest. But like I said, I got to be in the mood to be able to, to consume it. Anything with a anything with a nun and murder that's going to be tough to watch. Yeah, and that's that's even just the that's not even the worst. Yeah, yeah. That's the tip. That's that's just the tip. When there are some bad people. Like there are some people who are just like, oh my god, like, yeah. When was the initial crime happened? What year was it? Late seventies, early eighties. Uh, they they oh, say so, they oh. say in the show. I just don't remember exactly right now. Yeah. So there's a lot more information has come out like. DNA samples, all that stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of content that's going to be shoved into this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of interviews from people. And it's really the keepers. I'm pretty sure the keepers in this are the keepers of secrets. These are the people who kept quiet for all these years. That's why all of this new information is coming out because they are interviewing people who just kept quiet for all these years who knew stuff. So that's what the keepers is for this Ooh. one. So that's the biggest thing. I gotcha. Think. It's not as much the evidence. It's like... I'm pretty sure right now after episode two, I know who did it. And uh, like basically clue, I know so-and-so did it with this in the in the den with the dot, the thing, the thumb. I know all that stuff. But it's now it's all of this cover up and unraveling who knew what and when and repercussions and more and more information because now that the first couple people I'm seeing have been talking, all of these others I think are going to start spilling the beans more too that uh it seems like were the initial interviews early on so yeah i think it's just going to be more and more coming out and there's so many more people that they haven't interviewed yet that i guarantee uh they're going to be asking for because they have the information now to allow these people to talk about it uh truthfully i would don't uh don't jump ahead there because episode two of american vandal i thought i knew who did it too man <laughs> so there's always twists but <laughs> yeah i do need to watch i do need to watch that one because that one's the mockumentary of the uh, stuff so yeah it's fantastic <laughs> awesome all right damien lead us into what we've been wanting oh my god so like anybody who's been following the marvel the Marvel films. I mean, and this is this is if you're either in Team Marvel, that's the Marvel Studio, or Team Fox is version with the X Men and stuff like that. This is this TV show. It's called The Gifted, but it feels like a gift to the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that's that's saying a lot. But it this is actually has been said that it takes place in the in the Fox's cinematic universe. Yes. It, they they reference uh, the yeah. X Men. They they reference a lot. They reference a lot. Now this is the question though, because we know that Cable is now involved. We do not know if what universe this particularly takes place in, even though it references events that Logan brings up. Wait, Cable's in this? No, Cable. Now Cable is in the Foxes. No, no, X-Men we're just talking about the X-Men. gifted now. Like he's in the universe. We're but talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're this, ta- okay, this yeah. show is uh, to the X Men universe, uh, same way the Netflix uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, the Netflix there, universe it is. Is. It is. They talk about them over there, but they're not. They're yes. not bringing them into yeah. that universe. So we're not going to see this crossover stuff that the same way the Netflix ones not. We're not going to see it. They're just going to reference these characters. Uh, in passing, yeah. but they ref. But what they do is they reference the X Men disappearing, which that the X Men disappearing clues you into Logan, which is when because they talk about this whole Sentinel program, even though that they thought they that they destroyed it, they talk about the Sentinel program and how they started hunting down the mutants, right? And that they, and that the X Men eventually disappeared, which is Xavier is the reason why they disappeared. And if you got the movie, you can see that that deleted scene in which 
why the reason why the X-Men disappeared. KJ. Yeah, and uh, the Sentinel program in this, though, is different than in the movie because the Sentinel program, mm-hmm. I don't think they discuss it much in Logan, and if this is a Logan reference, then the, the then it's not the Days of Future Past Sentinels, and uh, this one definitely does not have the Days of Future Past Sentinels, where the Sentinels in, in the show are a division of the government. Because they got... They're not giant robots chasing them down. But what we do see in the first episode, we, we see we see robots, which are the first... It's just almost like a Terminator kind of thing. Like, they've changed the past. It stunted it, but it's coming back, and it's a, a program building up again. Fouts? And Logan, didn't Charles kill everybody? Yeah, he killed all the, all the X-Men, and then they're referencing... That the X Men all were fighting, you know, other mutants, and then they just disappeared. Yeah. So they're referencing the incident, just like in the Daredevil and all those series, where they say they reference the the incident. It's it's very similar to that. I haven't got into the second episode to know if they're that far, if they're going to reference it anymore, but it was referenced. Yeah, they Cajun. in the second episode they do use a date for the incident, and I haven't been able to look up that date. Uh, July 15th. It's called the July 15th incident. So I don't know if that's the same. That's the same one from Logan. That's the same okay, one from so Logan. Okay, so it is. So this is a... Is in the, this is in the universe this of is Logan. This is in the universe of Logan uh, sometime in the future after Logan. Okay. Which would mean the Sentinels didn't hunt him down because Xavier killed him, right? Right. Yeah, but the the Sentinel program was, was, was in. It, it was in sight. And then no one knows who killed them. So they're automatically mutants that are in the mutant underground are automatically going to get going to think. And if you remember Logan in the where they're going to in Canada, it's outside of these these areas. Canada and Mexico are the safe zones for mutants. Right. Be- and that's where the mutant underground bases itself. So this is where because the because oh yeah, the, the, the Sentinel program is a U.S. government agency and it's uh, laws mm-hmm. based off around. And it seems like this incident that caused uh, mutants to be treated differently than humans. They have different rights in this universe than uh, humans do. Now, this show is... I, this, I think, is the TV show that at least I was promised with Legion and I don't think delivered because this is an X-Men television series where it has multiple mutants with powers. It deals with them in real-world scenarios, not dream-world scenarios, and has strong, real emotions from the mutants and non-mutants, and in this case, the non-mutant parents. And... I liked I've liked everything I've seen so far. I'm not gonna go into uh, plot stuff besides that date we just gave earlier, but of the second episode because it's just of the cast we've seen the first. I like everything about this show. I'm really excited they did it. Uh, I think Brian Singer is back in the X Men universe. Uh, I, I think he got way too much flack for some of the stuff he's he's done towards the end and some of his other movies. But man, th- this is this is what I wanted in an X Men TV series. I don't think there's enough fly for X Men Last Stand. <laughs> that wasn't him. That was Brett Radner. That, that was, was Brett Radner. That was. Brett oh, Radner. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I did. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, spoil too much of episode two. But they do show. Uh, how do I not? Um, they do show mutants in different, like you said, in different just world. There's 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 consequences for them, and every direction. Like we don't not really sure how much of the mutants. Their, uh, how much of their powers they're allowed to use, and uh, I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. Right. I don't want to spoil it because right. it, it really does break it. Yeah. It's a minor real yeah, world yeah. scenarios because we all see these big things. The, the world's going to end in all the X Men movies. They're always fighting the world, our cities, our mass genocide. Something bad is going to happen on a big level. This is just people surviving in these small real world scenarios that you don't think of in these society where laws are different for mutants than they are for humans and i really like these little plays that they're doing in the script to to show all of these things not just tell you it's different for us they then show it to you yeah that's what i really enjoyed about episode two i liked episode one but episode two i was i was really really into Mm -hmm. the real world stuff that's what really drove just kind of like i was like oh this is what exactly i want for an x-men show Mm -hmm. um so maybe next week we can dive into episode two a little bit more and then the other thing is is that it's already chock full of easter eggs for fans oh yeah uh yeah i mean like just uh, cell phone rings playing the tune of the yeah i saw that the 90s cartoon yeah that's my cell phone ring so i was like like, whoa is that my (laughs) phone phone ring (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was awesome i really like that Uh i enjoyed that and then uh 
I've heard, I've what I've read is that you got to keep your eye out because that there's going to be multiple sightings of Mr. Uh, I was going to say Mr. Tony Stark, and that's totally not right. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Stan Lee. Oh yeah, because he was in. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because he was in episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and there's like and there's mutants in the background too, and I guarantee you most of the the background mutants. Now the one thing. The one thing I I didn't like, and I I completely am okay with it, but I would like to see more of it, was that only the mutants that have dialogue have powers. And we're seeing more mutants now, but if you're around, I, I would just like to see mutants who do even don't have dialogue, just some other mutant who just like doesn't say much, just comes in, does something, saves whatever's happening. They say, thanks, so-and-so, and he says, hey, you're welcome. And then that's his two words, and the dude leaves. And that's what we get because right now only it only the mutants that we see have powers, and I want I, I like to see it more. Episode one, the bar scene. When you go into, it's supposed to be I I forget what it says name of the bar, but every light's out except for the X, so it says X bar. Yeah, everything's X in this show. Like it was exposed yes. the first episode. It's RX yep. the, episode two. So everyone every episode is going to have an X in the uh, title. I think. Cajun, did you watch episode two? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so there is there was a couple scenes where uh, mutants that showed that they had powers and they barely spoke, where they were coming back in the car, and uh, the mom was getting off. She was getting all scared. We can't we can't keep going this way. We can't keep going this way. Do you remember that mutant? I don't know what his name is. I've never never seen him before. Huh. He was kind of like the security guard for the complex that they're they're kind of hiding out. Oh at. yeah 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 yeah. That's true. Okay yeah that's so he. Yeah, sh- you're right. There was that. There was one scene where he was just like yeah yeah. One I can't think of another one, but I really like that guy. I don't know who that guy yeah, is. Yeah I, I don't know that character. But his power is like yeah. uh, generating fear or something. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. I know yeah. a couple of characters from the Morlocks are supposed to show up in this as well. So I just kind of it a lot. What this is show is supposed to. They're supposed to be characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe or just Marvel Universe in general that are going to sprout up that may have been just side characters that you may have seen and that may have never even even had speaking roles, but they were in the films in the background. And those ones will probably be sprouting up as actually speaking roles eventually in the series if if they continue along the lines of what they were talking about doing. Because they wanted this to be the story of the the characters – who didn't get the big screen time. Right. And as long as this, cause this is basically, you're doing this in the reboot universe. You can do characters who were in the first three X-Men movies, uh, because, yep. and, or, and who do not have representations in the current movies. You can bring back Toad. You can bring back some of those. You can bring back Sabretooth and things like that because Toad's already, Toad's already in the, the new cinematic universe. He is. I must've missed him. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, he was in, uh, Vietnam. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All righty then. Anything else on this before we get hype? Let's get hype. Let's get in that hype train. So first up on uh, the hype train for NRQ, we've got um, official news that basically Hulk will not get its own standalone movie, but they're going to span the Hulk saga throughout the next three uh, cinematic Marvel movies. First is going to start out with um, Thor Ragnarok. Thor, thank you, Thor Ragnarok, and then it's going to span into uh, the Avengers three and Avengers four. Infinity War. Infinity War one right. and two. Okay, so Thor is going to have a major story arc in the next three movies. Also, oh, not, not the next three, but those three. Exactly. Movies, yeah. Right. Uh, so, in a interview with Mark Ruffalo with Cinema Blend. Uh, Ruffalo revealed the plan for Hulk's major story arc, which will start to unfold in Ragnarok, like we said, and then continue into the other two. Uh, so that's directly from Ruffalo that we know it. We're gonna get Son of Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I love, I love. Who's mommy? The storyline. Uh, not. It's not. It's not the. Uh, this isn't all the the bastard children in Logan. Old man Logan, we're talking about. Um, it's actually a gladiator. Okay, that's on that's on the planet. On planet Hulk. In, uh, okay, because I remember he had a little thing with Black Widow going. I just don't know if that uh, they're gonna. Dude, she's not mommy. She, she ain't mommy. <laughs> okay. No. Now, uh, 
Mark Ruffalo and Hulk stuff come aside. Uh, I don't know if y'all are aware, but the first 10 minutes of Thor Ragnarok audio was leaked by Mark Ruffalo. He was doing a Skype-type yeah, Skype chat with fans before he went into the screening, put his phone in his pocket and left it on. And 10 minutes into, uh, 10 minutes into the movie, he takes out his phone. He's like, <gasps> you see his face, I get surprised. Um, and I haven't listened to it, but apparently the audio is out there so you can hear the first 10 minutes of Thor Ragnarok <laughs> from, on Mark Ruffalo's phone. I don't know if I to it or not. I really want to. But at the same time, I really don't want to. Right, it's just the audio. Yeah, I don't want any yeah. spoilers. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold off on it because I'm really looking forward to that. Honestly, uh, the the first Thor wasn't at wasn't one of my favorites, but uh, Thor Thor's two. Like, I mean, the character is one of my favorite characters. Uh, I because I, I love Norse mythology, and uh, but I'm looking also forward to the to a few other story arcs that they're bringing into this. But uh, Nick. Yeah, this is the one thing I think Marvel is doing well. I don't think there should be another Hulk movie. I like the fact that they're spreading, spreading, sorry, the trilogy across three movies that they're going to come out anyway. So they're just, hopefully they don't shoehorn it in there though and just make it overwhelming. But I do love Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Um, the only question is, is that, is this planet, this is, a, is this a planet Hulk storyline? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then where's, where's Black Bolt? Because in the comics, Black Bolt is a main reason why he's he got kicked off Earth, basically. Him, Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man. So well, he he left Earth in the Last Avengers on his own accord, or Civil War on his own accord. So uh, that's right. Yeah, that's that's his catalyst with Black Bolt being in the uh, the one I can't think of right now. The the show that just came out to rave non reviews. Inhumans. Uh, Inhumans. Inhumans, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, I don't yeah, that hopefully they don't tie those together. But Black Bolt's such a strong character for the, for the reason for the reason why he leaves. Yeah. <sighs> so <laughs> and I, I agree, yeah. Hope not in his own movies, but give him great storylines in other people's movies. Because when he's in super form, when he's superhero form, he is not an intriguing character to be able to present dialogue or personality. Uh, and I think that is uh, a, the, the, a huge downfall for the movies is that he can't be a superhero and be interesting at the same time. Although in Thor Ragnarok, that changes. That yeah, changes. Lo- I mean, he does have some dialogue here, but I don't think you can actually even carry a movie with that. So uh, it'll be tough. He he eventually depends on what storyline they follow because eventually uh, they they merge. Mark Ruffalo and Hulk merge, and he becomes a very very intelligent Hulk. And he stays in Hulk form all the time and can carry on regular conversations. And you can already see that kind of happening with uh, the trailers because of how much and how clearly Hulk is speaking in that form. Mm. Yes, I don't know. I can't remember. I haven't read Planet Hulk for a while, but in Planet Hulk, he did have dialogue. I mean, he got married. He had, you know, there's a whole. So I don't, uh, but I agree with you, Kajan. He can't, I don't believe they can carry a full movie like that it was just not going to happen uh mark ruffalo though playing around with thor uh that's all fantastic stuff though mm-hmm. <laughs> so in thor ragnarok uh will adapt the storyline from marvel's comics about asgard facing the end of days however it will also be using material from a very famous hulk story known as planet hulk planet hulk finds bruce banner hulk having been transported off planet earth by a secret cabal of marvel su- superheroes known as the illuminati ultimately landing on a savage gladiator planet named Sakaar. There, Hulk becomes a champion of the Gladiator Games, and with the help of some fellow alien warrior, dethrones the Sakaar's cruel emperor to become the fabled hero known as the Sakaarazon. Yeah, but I think Thor's I think Thor's going to win that battle in the arena, though. So Thor's going to be the champion. Oh, hell no. <laughs> nope. No. No. <laughs> Thor is going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. All and right. I'm looking forward to that, too. <laughs> one, get his pretty face a little beat up. 1v3 right now. I'm the only one rooting for Thor to win that fight. <laughs> All right. Going down, Thor. What's this uh, Suburbicon? <sighs> Suburbicon... I put it in here because I'm a big fan of uh, the Coen Brothers, and uh, I I love most the Coen Brothers movies. I <laughs> I like their writing style. I like their their dialogue driven movies. 
they're usually really good. And Suburbicon, it was, this movie's gone back to, I think, 2003, they were talking about making it. 19, 1986, they wrote it. And in 2005, it was reported that George Clooney would star and direct Suburbicon. And so it's been dragging along for a long time. And, I mean, a lot of different actors were tagged into Josh Brolin, Woody Harrelson. Um, so this this is coming out next month, or this month, sorry. And uh, I'm just a little disappointed on what I've been reading. Uh, I don't really read reviews too much and take too much in, in, into it. But uh, I guess it's basically they're trying to infuse two different movies into one and it doesn't really work um that's a little that's a little disappointing and i wish the coen brothers had taken a hold of this even though i think george clooney is a decent director i wish they would have took a hold of this because it's a really good uh story and it's based it's likely based off of a, a true events that happened in 1957 in uh pennsylvania where uh it was a basically a white so you know uh uh neighborhood and this black couple tried to move into it and harassed and tortured and so but they took that and made it Cohen brothers and they made it funny and gruesome and I so saw I was really looking forward to this um but uh I might be disappointed now yeah their their last couple of outings haven't been in their haven't been in their prime and just from trailer alone it looked interesting and Cohen Brothers-esque. I was like, this has that potential because you can put a trailer of Cohen Brothers stuff together with any movie and like, man, this thing could be awesome. But man, if that plot just doesn't uh, work its way through and make sense or is entertaining, it can it can fall on its face. Like the, uh, what was that one they did recently with, the, with George Clooney as a lead? That was bad. Oh, I can't even, I'm, yeah, I'm dropping the name too. Yeah. It was um, like, I will say though, Oscar Isaac is getting uh, rave reviews for the movie, and I love Oscar Isaac. I think he's a fantastic actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um, but they uh, they said it's kind of like Pleasantville. You got Pleasantville over here, just, you know, just a nice little neighborhood. And then you bring in you bring in some biker gang, and everything goes crazy. So they're, they say it's like two separate films, and they're trying to shove them into one, and it just doesn't work, uh, which disappointments all, all I'm disappointed. Yes. That that is too. I'll, I'll definitely have to wait for that one. I'm not gonna go catch that one first weekend. I'm not. Yeah, I was going to. I usually do for Coen Brothers, but yep. all right. Raising Dion, Dion Sanders. So, <laughs> Raising Dion is actually is actually another Netflix show. They've greenlit ten episodes based off of uh, Dennis Liu's comic book and his short film that he put out, showing just. The real world of a single mother having to raise a young son who has superpowers. Um, uh, his powers in the short film are vast. I mean, he's, he has invisibility, floating. Uh, there's so many different things um, that he can do. So I don't even know where exactly it will take that. Um, uh, Michael B. Jordan is attached to it as a character that's going to be in it he uh and so it, it's basically um just a single mother they don't really say what city but it looks like new york city yeah i'm um, trying to raise a seven-year-old boy who has superpowers and she has to train him to be a man and she has to train him how to control his powers um his father does die early on and so it's just on her to control this yeah for being a tv show and michael b jordan status i would think he would be a season one he's the father and he's a superhero. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, but also, if you see the short film that was done, one of the things is, is the, and I just love like the little quirks, is he's playing with Star Wars, and he's dressed up like the Emperor, and he's using Force lightning on the ground, burning the floor. And she's like, and she she's referencing having to teach him to be good. Right. And so she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Correct. And Michael B. Jordan is playing his dead father. Okay. Um, but... Another thing is that you guys can go to IndiePlanet.com and book one is free, which I downloaded and read, and it's really good. It's really well written. Um, the artwork is fantastic on it. And that's basically all I have on that. Nice. Yeah, no, this, just from that little clip, I, I really thought when I was watching the clip that I was watching a clip for a show, and I really thought at the end it was going to take that turn of uh, going real serious because it was just her raising him and the, the, hap the happy back and forths. Uh, of being a parent, of correcting and, and seeing him 
progress and all of that stuff. And I thought it was going to take a turn where they would have to either go on the run or he have to be on the offensive or he would do it too far. But it never went that in the clip because this was just a teaser clip. Um, Correct. So, just a teaser clip. But in the comic book, they do reference in some of the artwork. It looks like FBI agents or whatever you want to call watching and kind of and hovering around while they're at the park and you know this and that. They did that in the short film as well. That's correct. Yes. Excellent. So, uh, that, that definitely looks like something that's going to be when that comes out. I'll I'll binge it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and I, I do want to see what the show going to look like too because I definitely don't think the show is going to be in the same. Well, not completely the same vein as the teaser. I think it, it would it would take a. a a different route because I don't know if I could watch an entire show that was that clip. That was a nice clip, but it, it's just too many, uh, in, too many uninteresting things for a half hour, which, which was good for a clip. Uh, it's an interesting twist on things that are being driven into the ground right now. Super, all superhero things, you know. Exactly, I really like that. Um, one thing we know that's coming that. I have some excitement about a little bit of reservations, uh, but uh, really I'm just glad to get off the ground is the Gambit movie. Channing Tatum's Gambit movie has been gestating forever. Uh, it gets a solo film, it gets a director, it gets a release date. Uh, Gore Verbinski is a director. He's the director of the first three Pirates movies. Um, uh, he doesn't have a solo superhero movie, bona fides. He has this Osama cast. He has uh, the first Pirates movies, uh, uh, were big budget, uh, big stories uh, with uh, lots of cast, and he pulled them together very well. And uh, this release date is February 14, 2019. So two things on that. I'm going to give Gore Verbinski the benefit of doubt that I think he's going to do a good job on this. Uh, I would have felt better with like an up-and-coming indie director who did like a couple of good films before, but I think getting somebody with this bona fides in there would be all right. Um, I just hope the story comes out good and a Valentine's Day release date, which is the last time we saw this was Deadpool. And could they be going the R-rated Deadpool route with this? Not that character, but you could easily do that with a Channing Tatum led suave superhero and try to pick up the pull in the ladies. No, pull in the ladies, but pick up the date night, pick up the Valentine's Day date night where it this movie would be okay i'm okay with you taking me to see this movie for valentine's day and so the story and the marketing coincides with that damien yeah two two actors who i can anytime they're in a film if i want to go see it and they're in it i know i have no questions on if my wife's gonna go see it anything with channing tatum and anything with jason momoa (laughs) so yeah she should be you got your valentine's day date covered right there you're good to go Mm -hmm. i always get fearful for uh February and March release dates for movies. It always seems like that's the dead zone for uh, putting putting out the, the movies that the studios know are going to be bad or not get rave reviews. But hopefully, I didn't think about the Daredevil, or I'm sorry, the Deadpool uh, angle. Hopefully, that works that way. I'm glad I'm not the only one who, who sometimes says Daredevil when he's thinking Deadpool. I, I do that a lot, too. Um, <laughs> but we've seen a lot of big movies come out in March lately. But we One thing we saw that was surprising was we saw just a terrible August for movies. We saw just tons of well-reviewed or some, in some cases under-reviewed movies, but movies that had great uh, publicity behind them just tanking back to back to back in August. Uh, so uh, that was a surprise. And I, to me, I think this August failure at the box office was more of fatigue. Like we were just arrow these great moves are coming out. And like if you're not a nine or a ten, I ain't going to see you. Ain't a nine or a ten? And people were just turning around like Logan Lucky. I was like, I thought that one would have had a lot more push. It failed. A few others failed. I wanted to, wanted to see it, but I'm just like, yeah, there's burnout. Pockets and attention span. Burned out. But uh, all right. Got a lot of time ahead of us. Got year and a half plus for this. All right. Give me something good, Gore Rubinsky and Channing Tatum. What is happy, Damien? <laughs> not not your laugh right now. Um, the show. Let's do the show. No, 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 no. That's so uh, happy. I mean, I've watched I've watched like the the films on uh, uh, the crank films, and I actually I'm one of those people that's like, yeah, they're schlock, but I, I you know schlock action, but I liked them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sci-fi. Now, there's a couple things at sci-fi. Sci-fi is like kind of differentiating, trying to re- differentiate this, uh, which I don't know if this is going to be a separation from the asylum, 
which is the studios that always put out those films. Like, you know, if you go to see, you know, instead of Pacific Rim, they put out Atlantic Rim and things like uh, that. Okay. Uh, it's like Trauma Head Studio, you know, you know, Trauma Studios and all those things with, the, you know, Citizen Toxie and all those things. Uh, and sci-fi has done a lot of team up with it. But now sci-fi is kind of, with having series like The Magicians and some of the other stuff that they've been putting out, they've been making a decent amount of money. And they're investing it in more higher quality uh, invest or, or features. And this is a TV series that's, excuse me, honestly feels like it would have been Crank Three, but um, it's it's called Happy. And uh, basically, what happens in it is the story of Nick Sachs awakens on a hospital gurney. He's a hitman who was actually a former cop. And it's all part of his job is he's supposed to go around and he's, he's just a badass that goes around taking people out. Well, he gets like mortally wounded and dies and he's brought back to life. Well, when he's brought, he, when he's resuscitated, he sees a floating animated horse is what they say. But this is a float, the floating, uh, it's a floating unicorn. That sometimes has wings, sometimes doesn't. They pop out, or he and it's a it turns it into it's crank as a comedy with like the blood with the with the gore of shooter and some of the more the humor of shooter. But it it actually I'm curious about it more than anything. Yeah, this um, sounds like anti hype train. <laughs> now see, no, 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 it's funny. You have to see. You have to see the trailer. The trailer's funny, and what I'm you what lost I'm me about, like 15 sentences. I know. I was going to say I'm so lost. Yeah, there's. And, and you, you just kept adding stuff that made it less appealing. It's a short up. Of you kept it. adding stuff that made it less appealing each time. I was like, oh, it's okay, okay, okay. I'm less interested. Now I'm <laughs> well, even no, more it's, less interested. It's, now it, it's uh, it stars uh, Bryce Lorenzo, who he's usually like in like Law and Order type. Uh, uh, TV. He's been on Law and Order. He's been in other cop shows, and this is actually him stepping outside of his comfort zone. And I mean, but the and it sounds like we're stepping is, out of our comfort zone too to even give the show a shot with all this crazy stuff happening. I, 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 I I'm giving, it, I'm going to give it a shot. This isn't being a character. That's this is actually only because honestly, you're the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, this is because you listed a whole bunch of stuff that just that turned me off and got me solved. It's it looks. <laughs> It looks crazy. It, look, it looks. It's gonna, gonna be, be really crank crazy. three. Damien, yeah, I do I like apologize. Crank. I should have watched the trailer ahead of time so I can give you some feedback on what you're saying. I, I haven't watched the trailer, so I'm just completely lost. I'm on. not apologizing. I didn't even know there was a trailer because there was no like trailer listed in the notes at all. I just saw like there. The trailer. Well, it was listed, I just in, it was it listed in our news. It was listed in our oh, news. Okay. Our, our chat free okay. news. Uh, because I saw it, I, and the thing is, this isn't something I knew about. This is something that came up as an ad, and I'm like, I'm like, whoa, this looks really crazy and. And and I'm like I gotta look look into this. And I clicked. I'm like I saw sci-fi. I'm like oh oh. I'm like wait, magicians is on sci-fi. Uh, this could have been purchased. I'm gonna give it a chance. I looked at. It, I'm like I'm like what? It, it I mean it looks very psychedelic actually. <laughs> but I I I want to give it. I want to. I'm gonna give it a shot because I like. I do like the 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 crank campiness that of those films, and I like the action. And the fact that they're kind of trying to look, bring in the humor from Shooter, I, I'm all, I'm all, you all good with that. Fouts. I'm ten seconds into the trailer. No. <laughs> Perfect. What's next, Damon? Give us something to get hyped about. Okay, uh, Constantine. All right. Now a more hype just with that yeah, one okay, word so, than the whole previous so, like <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> a man struggling with his faith. Who is hang haunted on, on, by the on. sins? Can we delete like the last five minutes of this? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I love. I, I'm gonna. I'm sure I'm gonna like Happy, but I don't of know if it's gonna will. last. <laughs> but uh, so Constantine is a man struggling with his faith, who is haunted by the sins of his past, and is suddenly thrust into the role of defending humanity from the gathering forces of darkness. If this sounds familiar, we're not talking about the the. Uh, the film we're talking about Constantine, the series that got canceled for being too dark and and uh, twisted, is getting new life. Same cast. Huh. This was just announced at New York City so Comic Con. Reboot? No continuation. It's exact. It's starting. It's a continuation that starts up and it's going to be on CW 
only it's going to be animated because they can do all the twisted they want as long as it's animated. Oh, you can go, so you can go the super dark Constantine stuff, and as long as it's and animated, it's to do the special they're able effects. to. But it's it on is, exactly CW. so they're going. The full cast is sticking together. It's starting off on on episode fourteen that was written. Only it's going to be animated. This was all just announced at the New York City Comic Con, and it's the same art style of the Constantine from Justice League Dark. Okay. And they're gonna they're gonna reference things from that that film. Nick, when's the last time CW's put out an animation that was good? Well, they put out DC shows that are good, and yeah, and this is. A, I, I I'm I'm actually asking. I'm not yeah. being. So, yeah. you know, well, I don't. I've never known them to put out an animation. Yeah. yeah. So I this don't is know. that same team. This is the. Uh, but it's it's the same Andrew team Kreisberg that it's and the, the same other dude art, I can't all, think of right now. Berlanti, Greg and, Berlanti, and all the art. The the art style is the same. It's the see. It's the Warner Brothers animation is the one the people that are doing the animation behind. So if you've seen Justice League Dark, it's that it's going to look identical to that. I mean, if you see Constantine, you see the poster. It's Constantine from Justice League Dark, which was also voiced by the same actor from the TV series because he actually he basically embodies Constantine. Yeah, he was good. Like I. I... I actually mm-hmm. didn't see the Constantine show because I've just been too much with other shows. But every time he appeared in the DCW universe, because he came into like Arrow and other shows, I liked yep. his personification of Constantine there. And I knew the show was there. I just hadn't reached out to go watch it. But uh, I liked his personification a lot. Now, the other thing, because this is a CW, they have, when asked at New York City Comic Con, if crossovers are going to happen with the same voice with that will be voice acted by the actors of other CW shows the there was a nod but no actual answer but there was a nod yeah yeah it's so, just that's just a contract that means the creators want it they just need to get the contracts lined up so they can do it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so th- this could be a really cool way for us to see powers that maybe they don't have the funds to put you know, uh, other characters from, you know, CW shows to be able to do it in the animated, in an animated way. And it just, it just opens up a whole different avenue for mm-hmm. the, uh, for Warner Brothers, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I, I'm too. So there we go. I'm hyped about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I knew, that's, I knew you guys would because you guys, you guys like that other CW crap. shows. <laughs> Constantine's good. He's a good character. <laughs> I had, that's why I put it. I had Happy as the ending, and I'm like, no, I got to put Constantine on there because I know Happy was something that is so going to miss and probably hang on now. So you knew that none of us was going to like this crap. Oh, I thought you, you were going to go. knew it. I, I thought you were going to go a different route and, there. I, I thought you were going to say, so you didn't give us a happy ending there, Damien? <laughs> but damien if you would have put that at the end the show would have just stopped that constantine foss would have just ended that all together and it would have just been nobody the would nobody would have known it may still end up yeah that nobody would have knew about came it back episodes later like i finally get to so happy that when i talked about like oh yeah you cut that out Oh, happy? What is that? We've never heard of that before. Uh, all right. So let's get to our our happy sign-off Blame ending helps. here. Uh, you can find us, uh, email podcast at geekologistradio.com, Twitter at geekologistradio, minus the T on geekologist for character restrictions. On the web, geekologistradio.com, and then japancake.com. And then you can find me, Caucasian Saint, all one word on Twitter. Damien, where can we find you? Find me on Twitter, all one word, Mr. Damien Nash. Fouts, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at bfouts82. All right, Nick, where can we find you? You can find me at Nick at PDFs, all one word. And one thing, everybody should check out Silver, SilverSoulGaming.com. She is on the show, fantastic writing, fantastic articles on there. Everybody should give her uh, her website a shot. Yep, and like I said, that is Silver's own website that she has going right now. Check out SilverSoulGaming.com. Correct. Yes, that's her thing. And then other th- other places, cool podcasts you can catch What from the network we're a part of. You can catch My Morning Coffee, which is Remy kind of just talking about his own thoughts, games, just life in general. There's a lot. I mean, there's also I just talked about the, was it D, 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 uh, the dungeon. It's uh, DMing. DMing. Yes. It's, it's really good. Like if you are interested at all in. We talked about it last week. If you're interested at all in uh, becoming a dungeon master in D&D or any of the other 
of those style book tabletop games, check it out. It's a good listen, and from someone who's just, you know, I've only played a handful of those games in my life, it makes me even more interested in actually getting into that and getting, you know, kind of going to a group and, and playing these games. So it's a really good podcast to listen to. Uh, of course, Geek Squatch and uh, Fouts. And that's uh, Demonstrating. Ah, that's right. Demonstrating. Ah, but Demonstrating. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there with your words. Very clever, Alex. Very clever. All right. And with that, we're out of here. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>